0: News Talk 1080.
1: I say this all the time. There's nothing wrong with being rich, born rich, born filthy rich, with great granddad's money carrying you through life. Filthy rich that you never have to think about money except walk around with a burden of how you're going to invest it. And isn't it interesting that Ned married somebody who could invest his money for him and turn it into a bigger fortune? But there's nothing wrong with that. I think inherited wealth is fine. But the people who do the passing down of the wealth have to be a little smart. And if it's possible, in my mind, that Ned could have been born with the ability to be a successful human being and that that was squandered, by the magnitude of the wealth that was handed down to him. And this is when I talk about him being a self-born man. What I mean is he didn't do anything to get the money, and there's the potential, if somebody isn't raised properly with tons of money, that that ruins them. And Ned is one of those people, it seems clear, that he has issues of self-esteem Connected to the fact that he's never accomplished anything in his his life, yet he lives as one of the richest people in Connecticut. So I think it's interesting when we learn that when he's under a little bit of pressure, his fallback position is to tell a lie. Yeah,
2: that's it for Connecticut companies, and he's in Nashville setting up companies there because Connecticut's pretty complicated.
1: This is one of the dumbest things you could ever imagine, a governor saying he's he's marketing against Connecticut. Why would he say something so stupid? Well, because he's a spoiled brat who gets frustrated when he gets asked a question by the media. But doesn't this all go back to who he is as a man and the fact that he's never worked for anything and he thinks he can control everything just because he was born rich? I find that to be an unfortunate circumstance. I'm glad he's told the truth now. He's gotten that off his chest that he's a liar. And he lied in this case, and he lies all the time, virtually every time he opens his mouth. It's good for us to know. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. The other thing we're learning about Ned and his lying, now that he's owned up to it, that he lied about Annie leaving the state to invest in Nashville, he's just pouting. He was just a baby in his diaper whimpering. So here's the story from uh, the Hartford Current last November 30. Headline, Governor Lamont says his wife will pull back on investments in Connecticut. This is the other thing you have to understand about the news. The news doesn't actually do news reporting. It reports things that politicians say, which is totally different from news. If Governor Lamont says, my wife, well, what do you say? Here it is.
2: That's it for Connecticut companies.
1: That's it. We're pulling out. The Lamonts are pulling out our investments in Connecticut because there's too much regulation here. We can't deal with the and too much media. They asked us a question today. We can't deal with that. So that becomes a news story, a news story. Governor Ned Lamont said Tuesday his wife's investment firm is pulling back in Connecticut after critics questioned the move to Stanford of a New York financial technology company that got $5 million in state aid. Ned and Annie invested in the company. Then Ned secretly gave them a contract using his... COVID powers and now we know he lied about it and you know that's fine we it's no big surprise that politicians are liars but some are more strategic in they're lying in this case Ned was revealing his personality his character you could say why does Ned get pouty because he, there's a negative news story barely broke into the news by the way this is a major scandal that's hardly been covered And part of the reason it hasn't been covered is because there's no information available, because there's been a big cover-up. But the media is so beaten down and weak that it doesn't even do anything to get the story. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have the truth come out. Ned said yesterday he was lying. His wife was not setting up a new business when he said last November.
2: That's it for Connecticut companies. And he's in Nashville setting up companies there because Connecticut's pretty complicated. Isn't
1: that beautiful? We're going to get to Pat Sasser in just a second from No Toll CT. But Mark calling from West Hartford. Hi, Mark.
2: How you doing? Hey,
0: I think uh, Ned is lying now. And he was lying then. And it's all he can ever do is lie. I think she actually was down in Nashville and stuff. I don't think they were going to pull all their investments out, but I think he was threatening us. Look at she's down there now. And now he's got a CYA going on saying I was lying then. Well, that's you, a, you put heck, you put you're not giving enough credit on the uh, lying ability of Ned. Well,
1: thank you thank you for the correction. I <laughs> <laughs> I was I was being too trusting of Jolly Ned in the midst of his lies. Yes, the new lie could be the true lie. And the old lie might have just been a made-up lie. I don't know. But I know the guy's not a trustworthy creature. And I like how hes he withered under the pressure of having a few people in the media ask him questions. Made him freak out, Mark. I guess Mark's done. All right. With that, we'll move on to Pat Sasser, who's joining us to say hi. We haven't talked to you in a couple of, I don't know, is it a couple of months, Pat, since you've been on? You know, it feels that way.
0: Todd, I just want to make sure you can hear me okay.
1: I'm in Nashville. Just want to make ah. sure the signal's good. Are you there with Annie and Ned?
0: <laughs> yeah, we're searching around for some businesses, you know, see if anybody wants to get, uh, get something kicked off the ground here. You know, we'll, we're ready to rock and roll. It's,
2: it's not complicated in Nashville.
1: No, it isn't.
2: And he's in Nashville setting up companies there because Connecticut's pretty complicated.
1: He didn't mention with Pat Sasser.
0: <laughs> I have to help my old friend Ned. You know, I've got to help him make sure he keeps that, uh, his funds going and keep that uh, wealth coming in. But listen, Todd, I remember watching this press conference back on, I believe it was November 30th of last year. And I remember watching him say these lines, and I, all I could think to myself was, holy cow, did he just kick every business owner right in the teeth. Business owners in the state of Connecticut have been saying for decades how difficult it is to operate in this state, to get a business off the ground, to get things going. And he uses it as a luxury because he and his wife are so wealthy, they can just pack up and just go elsewhere and start a business wherever they want. Sure. Travel around nice and we easy just get them.
1: the private jet and go wherever we want what's the big deal what's wrong right. with you people if you think it's too expensive here go live somewhere else in one of your other homes
0: right we'll go and invest somewhere else no problem you know but but when you think about it once again flip-flop Lamont changes you know his tune or his attitude because he got called out on a stupid comment made by the sitting governor in the state of Connecticut you know how does one even think this, and this was not an offhand comment, because he mentions Nashville twice in the same press conference. And people can watch the quick clip. Go to my uh, Twitter account, Patrick Sasser, the number five, <laughs> and you can see the clip where he mentions it twice. So it wasn't like it was just a an offhand remark, yep. and he just happens to mention Nashville. Well, once. you
1: mean it wasn't an accident, like a slip? It was is that no what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. No, he, he said it on purpose. And there's a, a, a mention in Mark Pazniakos' column today in the uh, CT Mirror that, that maybe that's because she had, she had invested in a big uh, health care insurer down there or something. and Right. So there's a reason he was thinking. Of, and the reason is big money. The reason is because Ned's got money on the brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, apparently Nashville is the up-and-coming place, and that's where uh, Annie packed up and headed off to. And he told us why. Connecticut's too complicated.
1: You know, like, it's, even interesting. For a sitting governor. it's interesting. It's to interesting get, to get Ned to comment on something. What does it take? It takes him being mad at Bob Stefanowski last November mm-hmm. because Bob was suggesting that there was something untoward <coughs> about him giving secret hidden contracts to companies that he was an owner of. You know, and that Ned got so upset that he had to make a statement that he's now saying he was lying about. He there was no Nashville, but but both times we're getting him to to say something, which he's silent about this whole scandal, about yep. his investments and his secret deals for his friends, and the the, the FBI investigations of his administration and the right. reason he's had to fire all these people and the reason so many people are quitting. And, you know, and it's like anybody near him is trying to leave town. There's a reason. Right.
0: And you're right. When Bob wrote that uh, op-ed piece, that was the trigger. That's what set things in motion. Um, a lot of people were trying to explain what was happening with the whole semaphore, the no-bid contracts, the connections between Josh Cabal, the Lamont family, his company that he had previously owned and, and worked for. So all these dots that were out there, but weren't completely connected, and then when Bob wrote that piece and started connecting those dots, that's when you saw Ned's attitude change, and all of a sudden the finger-pointing of, oh, no, 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 we had nothing to do with it, Uh, uh, Lembo was the one who handled all the contracts, and then you look at the timeline, and you're like, wait a minute, Semaphore was already doing testing before the Comptroller even had a contract on his desk, so Nothing adds up. They'd ever want to answer any of this stuff. Uh, people like George Colley have been asking about this now for months and months and months.
1: Yeah, a year uh, and a half. Just
0: seem to, to, yeah, and they just seem to continue to dodge it. And then when Ned puts his own foot in his mouth and says Connecticut is too complicated, all of a sudden, oh, Bob Stefanowski's attacking my wife. Uh, no, this has nothing to do with attacking your wife. This has to do with what's happening in the state of Connecticut, the unethical things that are happening in the state of Connecticut, and the people, the taxpayers, we the people have a right to know what's going on. Same thing with what's happening up in New, in New Haven. We have a right to know where that money went and how this guy got almost a million dollars worth of uh, COVID funding and went and traded in for casino chips. You know, and, and no one seems to be digging into this stuff and the corruption and why well. the— Peer yeah. project in New London is, you know, five times more than it was originally estimated to cost. All these things, and this is why people are so frustrated,
1: and and people don't even understand why they're so frustrated it, because the the of the depths of scandal and corruption that they can smell, but nobody is out there allowing them to see, and well, that's
0: the follow-ups,
1: Todd. Yeah, to say, we no, need the media, is what you're you saying. Read Pat a story, we need right? the you story.
0: You get the first bit of it, but then you may never hear about that story again. There's no follow-up. Like, what was the conclusion? You know, when, when, the, when UConn's project went $30 million over budget, you never heard another word about it. Who got fired? Who was held accountable? Why did that happen? We'll never know because no one seems to ever follow up, and that's what's so Frustrating,
1: and the point I was making, and, and I didn't finish my thought, but but this, this started because Bob wrote that op-ed as you pointed out, and now we're getting truth f- fr- finally from Ned Lamont. What does it take to get truth from his mouth? It takes an ad from Bob Stefanowski. So in, in each <laughs> each instance, the bookends are brought to us by Bob, and right. in between, Ned offers no clarification and doesn't do anything to set the record straight and to show respect for the people or the trust that has been placed in him
0: you're you're 100 correct and that that's why i'm convinced had bob not written that piece uh i don't think we would have learned as much as we have so far about these connections with ned lamont's wife with some of these other companies that she's involved in uh and how this is working and unfortunately how weak are Ethics rules are in the state of Connecticut. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Um, you know, we're, the, things are in place so that this type of stuff doesn't happen. So there's clarity, there's transparency. Uh, people aren't connected to any type of corruption, but yet we're. Con- you turn the paper, you open up the paper every day, and it seems like there's another piece of corruption coming out. Like no one is supervising or watching. Like, yes, but you know the, the part layers? of the problem is
1: now, Pat, when you open up the front page of the newspaper, you're already at the back page. <laughs> there just isn't much there anymore. There's one and
0: headline I guess the back page is at.
1: <laughs> it's a it's very it's it's a very sad situation, a dangerous one, because it allows the the devilish creatures, the manipulators and the connivers, the Ned Lamonts of the world to go out there and tell their lies and it doesn't get challenged. So Bob did it. Bob got him to squeal back in November mm-hmm. and Bob got him to squeal again yesterday because right. he caused media stories to be written. Right. But right. in between what is the media contributing? If they're not handed the story, the resources aren't there anymore to generate the story.
0: Well, it'd be interesting to see if the media continues on this. It'd be interesting to see what kind of business um Annie Lamont was actually doing down in Tennessee or in Nashville. Um,
1: he said she know, wasn't she, there. I yeah, well,
0: <laughs> that's what he says that she wasn't there. But again, flip flop Ned told. All him right,
1: so you're sticking there. with the previous oh. caller who said or maybe he's lying now.
0: Uh, you know, it's hard to believe him. I went through this battle with the tolls. Remember when he pledged on television he was never going to toll cars, and what did he decide? He was to correct. Do he never did.
1: He never well, did toll cars,
0: thank God. But that was his plan. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't get around the uh, the people of Connecticut who uh, who stood up against him and said, "No, we we've been taxed enough."
1: That's why uh, so the the anti-toll thing that you spearheaded was such a magnificent moment because it. It gave people a chance to see, at least, when you mobilize against the plunderers, they can be stopped. I mean, the power is still in the hands of the people. It's always in the hands of the people. Even if you're in a dictatorship, even if it's a corrupt, disgusting, more corrupt than the state of Connecticut, more corrupt than the United States is today, but, you know, like Russia or one of those really strong-armed states, there is uh, all this stuff is going on, and the people ultimately hold the power. And all the same lying and manipulating goes on in those countries as goes on here. It's all the same deal. Power isn't different from one place to the next. It's the same. They might dress different. You know, Saddam Hussein used to wear uh, army fatigues, military fatigues, and our our plunderers wear silk suits and all kinds of shiny, fancy fabrics and wear cologne to make themselves smell better. But the stench still surrounds them you you give the details so well (laughs) (laughs) it's so disgusting why is it so hard to find some honorable people who do the right thing Pat
0: well I think we do have some out there and we've got some great candidates I believe in the state of Connecticut that are running right now for office but it means nothing if people don't get out there and be a part of it you've got to help these candidates you've got to get involved in their campaigns you know, people we can sit around and, and write, you know, tweets and comments and whatever. But if you don't get out there and talk to friends, family, relatives, get your neighbors engaged, get them watching what's happening, you know, get them involved in these uh candidate races, it's all for nothing then. Because if we don't change what's up in Hartford, if we don't change that status quo this November, um, I, I think we have... I think we've lost it at that point. It's just, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for the people of Connecticut to band together and say, "Enough is enough. We need to change the direction of the state because clearly it's too complicated, and we need." Companies to change there because Connecticut's it, pretty
2: complicated. And
1: and the sorry, only way just... we
0: do it is by putting new people in power. So Connecticut's pretty
2: complicated.
1: Yeah, let's make it I simple. Love that. Let's make it simpler with some new people. Pat Sasser, I felt you slipping back into the the days of tolls. It was good it was good to hear that pumping through your veins again. Thank you for taking some time to chat with us. Thank you, Todd. Take care. Bye right, Patrick. We'll talk to you soon. Pat Sasser from No Toll CT. That, that it was great stopping the tolls, but all the other stuff we haven't stopped. So, you can't rest. <laughs> you can't get too happy over it. You got to move on to the next fight. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. WTIC, thanks for being here. 860-522-9842. 860-522-9842. Lordy, lordy. Yep, it's fun to be going after Ned again on this stuff. It's good to have new material to from him. And his confession of lying is just gratifying. It is. It's just gratifying. All right, let's uh, play a couple rants. We've got Red Janky coming up. And uh, that's the lay of the land over the next few minutes. Hi. It is. It's simple as that.
2: Hi, Todd. Hi. Well, I hope you don't mind, but every now and again, I'm going to remind everybody what a sucky job the governor has done for the state, especially at the onslaught of the pandemic when he put all of those sick people in with everybody's mom, dad, and grandparents, and they died. Uh, I hold him accountable for that, not Trump. Also, the fact that Bob Stefanowski and his wife, Amy, stepped up to the plate, went along with the Jewish Federation, went out and got masks for everybody when the governor did jack. So you know what? I'm from Bob Stefanowski, and God bless you, and I hope you're in. Everybody, don't forget it. Later.
1: Later to you, Gladys.
2: Uh, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Governor Ned Lamont here from the kick state. Yeah. We'll suck the blood right out of you here. A <laughs> <The> little <laughs> joke we have around the office now.
1: Isn't that great? The Tech state? We suck the blood right out of you.
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've been uh, working on my tan. So be, it's the election season. You're know going to be seeing a lot of me. Oh, I saw the Neil O'Leary, the mayor of Torrington, on the back of the Connecticut CP bus. I don't know how he can do that. but Maybe I'll get my face on the whole side of the bus. <laughs> Is that legal? <laughs> yeah, right on a CT Connecticut bus. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm the I'm the governor. I'm going to wave my magic wand and the gas prices are going to go down and everybody's going to have extra money in their pocket. Maybe we should make election day and a paid day off for all the people in the union and working for the state and teachers and everybody like that. Don't forget to vote for me, folks. Meg Lamont. Hey, okay, have a nice day. Bye.
1: Oh, there's always new ways to give money away, isn't there?
2: Hello, Todd, I have a question for you.
0: Now that the Supreme Court has decided to make abortion not a federal law or what they might say is a right, why would we be continuing to fund Planned Parenthood on a federal basis? Wouldn't we be better off taking that money from Planned Parenthood and putting it towards education on how to not get pregnant sounds good what do you think about that todd i'd like to hear your opinion
1: brilliant idea i'm with you i'm with you
0: hey todd i think george's phone only works one way he
2: can't hear he can only talk sounds like a nice guy though
1: (laughs) that was george and vernon yesterday yeah a real nice guy Back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC, News Talk 1080. All right, I started that rant, so I should finish it before we go to red. Here we go.
2: Hi, my name is Helen. I live in West Hartford. And how would you like to know that the post offices in all of West Hartford? Have no stamps.
1: They have no stamps. Well, they're just switching over to uh, the evergreen ones, aren't they? Forever stamps. They do what have do stamps. Think? They do. It's on a machine, though, which she probably doesn't like. Oh.
2: What do you think about those apples? The government takes over and does a sin.
1: Well, the the government thing is the post office, but the uh, so so they don't sell them at the window. Is there no window? I mean. I usually go there when there's still people there. There is an area where you go in where if you have to send a package or pick something up. But usually right in the front, there's just a machine now, and you can buy stamps. Well, that's an option, though. I but guess they, you could go in the back and buy them. I never go in the back and buy them. But you, you maybe you they, in the back. There's someone selling them on the black market. Well, right? there's there's someone that's in the office. The office isn't always occupied. So they have oh, that right. machine there to yes. buy the stamps if the office is empty. But I think Helen would be looking to buy them at the desk. I, I would think they might not sell them at the desk. I haven't checked. I guess no. I could be wrong about that. All right. Very interesting. There's always something to look into. Red Janky is one of those people who does it. Check him out at the-red-line.com. Hi Red.
3: Hey, Todd. How are you?
1: Rockin' and rolling, baby. Yeah. So what's on uh, your mind this week? What are you focused in on?
3: Well, you know, uh, I I'm I'm uh, kind of stuck. There's a I'm I'm playing an old LP and it's skipping and replaying the same thing, so I'm going back to what we discussed before. And um, I've been digging in a little bit, and not to complicate matters, but I think I brought this up, that the governor in his uh, budget uh, claimed this year that debt service was going to go down, um, to be specific, from what it, had, it was projected, due to, quote, improved market borrowing rates. Now, that is in a budget document that was adopted and signed in early May. Now, it's a head-scratcher because I think, you know, only Rip Van Winkle, who may still be sleeping, is unaware that interest rates, as of early May, had gone up a lot already.
1: Okay, so the governor, you are talking about the governor's statement from uh, a few months ago? Where he said that
3: this is his budget document. Improved market borrowing rates.
1: But this was um, back in the spring, right? Yeah. Okay, and and the numbers were already tanking at that point, were they not?
3: Oh yes, oh yes. Uh, in fact, um, just a few weeks later, okay, um, I compared two state bond offerings so in december the state borrowed at two percent round numbers a couple of weeks after these this statement of improved market borrowing rates the state borrowed at three point seven percent
1: okay almost doubled. and this is important because what you're talking about is not what the state spends but what we spend the the, the tax dollars that need to go into the government so the government can pay the debt service for the commitments it's made to state workers so it can get reelected that's what they do is they they can't pay it now so they take out loans those loans get rewritten from time to time and the cost of living goes up and the cost of debt service goes up and the percentage of tax dollars that are going to pay for things that happened years ago is expanding all the time
3: yes well stated um but more simply stated, um, it, it is certainly sanding off the truth to put out a document in early May saying referring to the basis of your budget projections being improved market rates when a couple of weeks later you're going to Borrow at twice the rate you paid just four months earlier.
1: All right. Why are you bringing this up today? Do we have some new indication of this having happened?
3: Oh well, yes, it definitely happened.
1: No, I'm asking why. You, what's your what's the update to it? the story that has you talking about it today?
3: Well, the, the overall story here is that Ned Lamont is spinning a tale about his uh, his credit,
1: his masterful for- management.
3: Matt's of management the- of the budget, our fiscal position, our financial position. And this is one of uh, the interesting ways that he supports his case.
1: By lying. Uh,
3: this, this, is, this is, to, to quote um, a, a well-known prime minister who just lost his job over um, shaving the truth, he said <laughs> he had sandpapered a quote. Yes. <laughs> so maybe the the uh the governor has this, has some sandpaper too. No,
1: I think the governor has bulldozed the truth in this case.
3: I uh, I think you're right. Yes. Now you get to the other claim that he makes and that is uh in large construct that he's responsible for the the state being in its in the good position it's in. Um well all of that is based upon a set of fiscal restraints. That were adopted with the 2017 budget before Ned Lamont even announced his candidacy for mm-hmm. governor, much less took office. Yeah,
1: and because As there were, there no, happened to be and it was to, one of those nice, fluky years when there were, wasn't it? Even in the state senate between Democrats and Republicans, and that's why some it, good things happened was, that it year.
3: Was, it was tie ball game, mm-hmm. um, tiebreaker being the lieutenant governor but it was a, quote, bipartisan budget. If you remember, um, and your listeners remember, um, in in an absolutely topsy-turvy world um, with a tie in the Senate and the Democrats controlling the House and the governorship, of course, the Republican budget passed, not the Democratic budget. Of course, Daniel Malloy vetoed it, and then we had what was called the bipartisan budget, and the bipartisan budget was passed on the strength of adopting these fiscal restraints. So Ned Lamont running around the state looking to be reelected, claiming that he has kept the ship of state on an even keel and restrained out of control spending, and he's responsible for whatever improvements have been achieved, is complete hogwash. That's all a function of the fiscal restraints that Republicans forced on Democrats in well, 2017.
1: But, but but there are other factors, too, like because the federal government decided to borrow trillions of dollars and send it out to people like Ned Lamont so they could have a big slush fund. to Point
3: number two. Yeah. Point number two. It, it, Ned Lamont's not responsible for that. Why is he claiming credit for it? And Shit COVID came. And say, Aren't we lucky? That's right. Aren't co- we lucky? But for the you know, grace of God, there go, oh, we.
1: COVID um, came, killed 11,000 people in the state, and the governor's uh, taken a victory lap on that as well, saying that that's because so many people wanted to buy homes here and because so many of the evil rich people uh, made a lot of money in the stock market and paid high taxes. That, that's, that's why things are so flush.
3: Exactly. And I, you know,
1: I, I don't mind people puffing up circumstances because that's how politics works. But there should be an accurate picture in the minds of taxpayers and, and voters that there's nothing that has changed in the fundamentals of the state other than those factors that we have just itemized. That's what's changed. A bunch of money came in from Washington, which is driving inflation. A bunch of overspending is happening at the state level using dollars from high taxes that are obviously being over-collected because there's an overabundance sitting around in Hartford, and they get to use it to buy votes with. But that doesn't mean we're in better shape. because the
3: No, it, it, it certainly does not. And, you know, point number three might be um, the, the Democrats and the governor are not going to fully cost the CBAC deal just adopted before November because it would shock the public
1: what do do we have any idea what the what they're covering up how bad the number is
3: well the numbers going to be bad because um, the state employees um, are inflation protected their retirement benefit um, is protected by cost of living adjustment. And the cost of living adjustment is almost equal to uh, current inflation. It's 5% plus. I haven't, I haven't checked it recently. So that inflation protection in the, in the um, retirement benefits of state employees it is, is protection for them, but extra cost for everyone else. Those benefits that go out are going to be five percent, six percent, seven percent higher than they other w- otherwise would be, and no, no member of the general public has that inflation protection. I mean, well, i don't drive up to the gas pump. Aren't you just a wealth challenge. of good
1: news today, Red?
3: What What do I have as good news today? I you're, don't.
1: You're just overporting with with good news. It's just flowing right out of you today.
3: Yeah. One. And, you know, he talks about this fabled debt diet. Well, under Ned Lamont, um, total debt, this is straight debt, you know, long-term borrow, short and long term borrowing by the state. Outstanding has increased $2 billion. You know, I have trouble. I'm, I'm from Missouri. I'm, I'm scenes believing. I've gone into the state's financial statements. And before he took office, uh, long-term in debt was less than 25 billion, and now it's uh, about 27 billion. We're up two billion dollars in in about three and a half years under Ned Lamont. Uh, you know, I, I want to see the debt diet. Seeing's believing. Yes. I don't see that as a diet. Well,
1: most people fail with their diets, and it's unfortunate that the governor has as well. Red janky. The-red-line.com. The-red-line.com. Thanks for being here, sir, with all the good
3: news. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, just. Uh, I'm just making everyone's day, Todd.
1: You are the sunshine. That's why they call you Red. Thank you, sir. Let's talk to Mike in Plainville. Hi, Mike.
3: It's going to take me a couple of minutes to
2: uh, make my point. Can you hold me over till the next hour?
1: Are you serious? You're the speedy talker. Uh, not today.
2: I've got i got a few things I want to bring up.
1: All right, hang on then. If that's how you want to be. Well, the good news is we can play a rant, maybe.
2: Hello, God, John. Here. Hello, John. The Supreme Court was correct. There was no denying it. The Supreme Court said, Roe versus Wade is not a right. It never has been a right. There's nothing we can do about it. If these people want to make abortion a law.
1: John, thank you for the call. Always good to hear your cheery voice.